apps can do a lot of cool things. You could order dinner, gamble on your favorite team, and track your health. You could even get a mortgage. One click and you can be approved. I'm not sure by who or what country they're in. You deserve more from the mortgage industry. At AnyMac Home Mortgage, we believe in the need for live human interaction during a very complex process. The kind of service and guidance which an app simply can't provide. Our customers are more than credit scores and income documents. They're individuals and families who live in and strengthen our communities. Their story is our story, and that story begins in a home. Chris Sawyer is an expert on providing superior customer service and in meeting the mortgage needs of current and future home buyers. With over 18 years of experience in the industry, Chris is able to help customers migrate through the home buying and home financing process by using his wealth of knowledge as a well-qualified mortgage professional. And best of all, Chris is located in Cromwell, Connecticut, where he has helped hundreds of clients in Connecticut, Massachusetts, and Rhode Island make their dreams of homeownership a reality. Visit chrissawyer.annie-mac.com, email him at csawyer at annie-mac.com, or give him a call, 860-878-8730. Chris Sawyer, NMLS number 39345, corporate NMLS number 338923, Home Mortgage, and equal housing lender. American Neighborhood Mortgage Acceptance Company, LLC, DBA, Annie Home Mortgage, Lo-Fi Direct, Connecticut First Mortgage Correspondent, License Lender, Broker Number, ML 338923, Massachusetts Mortgage Lender, and Mortgage Broker License Number, MC 338923, Rhode Island License Lender, License Number 20112810L. Call for additional details. Jones on first down, wide open, it's Barkley, and Saquon Barkley will take it into the end zone. Your best ability is availability. Saquon Barkley, he's great when he's on the field, but the problem is since 2018, he hasn't been healthy for this team. Look at this, they lob it to me, taps it in off the glass. How about that? Porter Moser, I think right now is the best coach of college basketball, hands down. Finch, two for three, he's done his part. Finch is drilled to deep right field toward the poles, and it is gone. They don't mind not being what they were in the 90s as the best organization in baseball, because the Yankees are not, they're even close to the best organization in baseball. They're trying to be the Rays, and the Rays do this for a reason. Like, you're the Yankees. Sports Talk with R&J. I'm Steve Risser along here with Justin and Afrio. I'm back this week from my trip. Uh, Justin, you and Joe looked like you had a nice time last week. So uh, but before we, so, so we're going to get going and we're going to talk about the uh, MLB trade deadline. And uh, yeah, and uh, it was the active trade deadline pretty much for the two teams in Texas. As you had Max Scherzer, who was traded from the Rangers to the uh, from the Mets to the Rangers. And uh, this is a big move for them. This is a really good move for them that that, that Scherzer got traded to the Rangers. Uh, I, I think this this they needed somebody to uh, come in after Degrom uh, got got injured, so they needed somebody to come in. And I think this is a really really good move for the Rangers going out and trading for Max Scherzer. It, it you know I think it's a good move for Texas. Now it helps that you don't have to pay majority of that contract. The one worry I have though with Scherzer is we saw last year he didn't pitch well against the Padres. He had the dead arm problem a couple years ago with the Dodgers. He hasn't, you know, he's in his 40s now. So, like, I don't – you're not going to get the dominant Max Scherzer anymore. But I think he's still capable of going out there in a postseason game and shutting you down for, like, six innings. Um, yeah, Texas, they need some depth. They just put a Valdi on the IL two there today. You know, with DeGrom already out, Dane Dunning's kind of struggled a little bit lately. So, yeah, they definitely need another starter. And, you know, Texas – you know, Texas put themselves as a front runner in the American League. 
Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, I think I think with this move, they're they're right there. And uh, it's, the big question we'll get to is if they are better than the Astros. And then we'll, we will go to the Astros, and they traded, and Verlander got traded back to the Houston Astros. And uh, I think this is a really good move for the Astros. I think this adds depth to the rotation. You saw Framer Valdez last night pitching a no hitter for them. So this is a really, really good move for the Houston Astros. Uh, even I, I think Verlander was pitching better than Scherzer lately. As, <coughs> as the season was going on, I think Verlander was the better pitcher. So I think the Astros got the better guy in Verlander. Yeah, I completely agree. Verlander has been really good. I know. Yeah, Scherzer had has has had his ups and downs this year. Yeah, Ver, Verlander's been the you know he's had seven, eight really good dominant performances of late. Um, he's been awesome. So yeah, I think right now, you know, I know Houston wanted to keep him. The Mets just outbid him, and yeah, now they get him back. They don't have to pay as much for him. And yeah, you you get a bona fide ace, and another, and you know, and you've already lost two guys already out for the year, and Garcia and uh, Lance McCullers. So I know they're supposed to get Jose Urquidy um, back, you know, maybe this weekend or next week. So they'll have him back as well. But yeah, for the Astros, um, generalization that look they spend, they'll they'll go out and they'll they'll go trade guys they're going to put them put their organization and their team um with a chance to compete and you know win a world series every year that's what that's what they've done that they did it yet again um this trade deadline absolutely 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 yeah and we remember when they won the world series in 2017 they went out and got justin verlander so the astros have been doing that for a while been going out you know getting guys at the trade deadline and the big question is now though is who is the favorite to win the, the West? Now, the Rangers have a one-game lead on the Astros. After the trade deadline, who is the favorite to win the West, the Astros or the Rangers? And I'm going to go with the Astros. I, mean, I like the, the, the depth and the rotation is better. They, they got Altuve and Alvarez back into that lineup. I think they have a better rotation. I think the Astros have the better bullpen, and that's why. And I know the lineup is better with the Rangers, but I'll take experience, better bullpen, better lineup. I think the Astros are the favorite to win the NL West. Yeah, you know, I mean. I'm going to go with the Rangers. I – you know, I like the lineup. Um, you know, there's not too many holes. Again, I know Altuve is now back healthy, and Alvarez is, is just got back as well. Um, but you know, there's still no Brantley in that lineup. I know, you know, Bregman and Kyle Tucker are starting to get going there. But I'll take Adolis Garcia. You know, Jonah Himes had a, a great year. You know, Corey Seager. I know he's on the IL right now, but you know, it sounds like he should be back. Um, you know, pretty soon. So they, they'll, they'll, they'll get him back. And again, he's been playing at an MVP like level. Again, he's not going to get Otani out, but he, he's been at that. He's been playing at that level this year. So I, I know they, you know, they picked up Scherger. I like that they got Jordan Montgomery too. I think, uh, I think the Rangers are right now a little bit better. And I like what they did with the bullpen. Bringing the Chapman's been pretty good for him. They got Will Smith. That's a pretty good eight, nine, uh, eight in the lockdown. Yeah, it's gonna be close between those two teams. I mean, the Rangers have done a really good job putting a team together that can compete with the Houston Astros and the Astros are there every year. That's the one thing that's been the constant since 2015 is the Astros have been there pretty much every single year. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens between those two teams. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, nice uh, little rivalry there in the Lone Star State now. And uh, yeah, two teams that again, you know, they each got better at the post at the trade deadline. You can see um, both of them want to get better. And uh, you know, after the Rangers made the deal for surgery, kind of heard, the Astros rumbling it, rumbling about uh, trying to acquire Justin Verlander. So yeah, both teams got better. Trade the line. Yeah, it should be fun two months there to see who uh, wins that division. Oh, absolutely, without question, without question. Now we will go to the team that uh, traded both Verlander, Verlander and Scherzer, and that's the Mets, who had really, really high expectations going into the season. But right now, they pretty much are having a fire sale. They got rid of uh, 
Scherzer, Verlander, Marcana, and David Robertson. And the big question is, is, is it a surprise that the Mets had a fire sale? Is it a surprise? And to me, no. I think they had to blow this up. I really think the Mets had to blow this up. This is what they had to do to get these contracts. I mean, they don't know they, these contracts aren't completely off the books. They're paying some of Scherzer's salary. But to, to get younger, I think they had to, you know, they had this is what they had to do. I know that they're not going to be competitive next year. So, really, they're looking at 2025 right now. And to be honest, I'm not surprised that they did this. Yeah, you know, and I'm glad that there's a direction here and that they do have a plan because I feel like a lot of owners in this spot would have just tried to kind of put a Band-Aid over this and tried to get better. But I, I think that the Mets understood that just wasn't going to happen. And, yeah, you know, again, maybe next year it's rough, but their farm system, before, you know, they made these trades, I don't think they had a prospect in top 155. Like, it, it their farm system was damaged. And, yeah, going out and spending. You've seen it with the Yankees this year. It hasn't worked out. The Pi- I know the Padres are starting to play better. But, like, even the Padres, you know, they, they've, uh, they've, you know, they've been a below expectation this year. So, yeah, you know, I know things are supposed to change with, uh, with Steve Cohen coming in. But it's been a total failure. It's been, like, the same old mess. But at least they have a plan here. And, yeah, you know, maybe next year's not going to be great. But I think they did – I think they picked up some really nice prospects here. And, and yeah, you know, that's kind of what the Mets – because I feel like free agency – it's more to plug up your holes and not just to go out and just go sign everybody and build your team off free agency. They have to, you know, and again, I think with the pharmacists that are starting to build now, I think it'll be easier where hopefully in a couple of years for them, those couple of those guys pan out and you could kind of fill the holes in free agency instead of just willy nilly, just spend it all on free agents. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, and the thing is, is you're just in a spot where they were out of it. They pretty much picked the right time. You got two guys that are, Eight, two, two really two Hall of Famers, but two aging starting pitchers that you probably you had to get rid of pretty much. You just had, I know a lot of Mets fans wanted to keep one of the two of them, but even keep both of them because they thought, oh, what's our pitching rotation going to be like next year? But you just got to accept as Mets fans, you're going to be in a rebuild next year. And you're just going to have to look to 2025. And uh, you, you couldn't keep these contracts. If you kept holding on to these contracts, you were going to probably be bad next year. It'd be bad, bad, bad the following year. So. They, they, this is just something they had to do, in my opinion. Yeah, I completely agree with you. You know, Cohen and, you know, Billy Upter, they they bit the bullet here. And, again, as I mentioned, I don't think many owners would do that, you know. So, I think it's I think it's good on the Mets to kind of realize that, yeah, this has not worked out in our favor so far. And we need to have a new plan of attack here. And, yeah, bringing in, you know, again, I know we're going over the luxury tax. They lost, like, 10 spots in their draft pick, so – or in the draft order. So, like – you know, you can only build so much through the draft when you're spending that much and going over the luxury tax. So, yeah, absolutely. The Mets, you know, I think it's a good plan. You know, it's a good plan. I know Mets fans might hate it. And, again, I know Cohen was like, you know, right away we're going to win the World Series within five years. It's not going to be the case. But at least you're going to build something. And, again, I think the Mets will make a World Series for the Yankees, though, with kind of the plan wow. they got going ahead. Wow, yeah, wow, I wow. I know. We'll get, get to, to them, the Yankees. But, but yeah, I mean, yeah. wow. You think they'll but, Mets you know, big for the Yankees? Wow, that's crazy. Yeah. That's they, crazy. Well, they have a plan. That. There's a plan here. I know. I guess. I know we'll get the you. Yankees. I, I don't think you. there's a plan there. So, I get you. Yeah. I, again, I think the Mets they are, are going to be in good shape. Yeah, we'll see. We'll, 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 we'll see what happens there. Now we'll move on to the Angels. And they were pretty active at the trade deadline. They went out and they got uh they got Lucas Giolito, they got Randall uh, Gertrich, they got uh they got uh well, they, they got uh, CJ Chrome, CJ Chrome, CJ yeah, so, uh, uh, Ronaldo Lopez. That, not, yeah, Ronaldo Lopez, the reliever from the White Sox as well. 
Yeah, so so they were active. They were really active at the trade deadline. And and the thing is with them is they decided not to trade Okani. They're going all in. The big question is, is this the right move for the Angels to go all in? Is it the right move to go all in? I think absolutely it is. Otani's going to be a free agent next year. You've got, you got to try to win. You have to do this. Artie Marino has to do this. And they have to try to try to win a World Series and make a deep playoff win run in Otani's, in Otani's last year. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I I like what the Angels did. Instead of just kind of going half half at it here and just like picking up a guy or two, they went full blown here and they really went all in. And so I respect the Angels what they've tried to do here. Again, will it work? We're gonna have to find out. I know Trout. I think on Monday was taking some swings. So hopefully he'll be back in a couple of weeks. You get him for like the stretch run here. Um, you know, hopefully I know Giolito hasn't been great, but again, that's better than mostly what you have right now in that rotation. Um, and again, the bullpen, you know, they got Dominic Leon as, as well from the Mets. Um, I know he hasn't been great either this year, but it's another kind of veteran guy that, you know, you kind of rely on there. Um, but look, I, I really like what the Angels did. You know, CJ Crone coming back to LA. They got some pop in that lineup now. I know they lost Taylor Wade and uh, or Taylor Ward, and they'll get Brandon Drury back, I think, in the next week or so as well. So I like what the Angels are doing here, that they're going all in here and they're really, you know, they're they're pushing all their ships in here. I'm glad they're I'm glad they're doing it like this. The big question is should they be the favorite to get that last wild card spot in the American League? That's the big question. I still am going to go with the Blue Jays, but I definitely think they have a better chance to make the playoffs than the Red Sox, the Yankees, and the Red Sox. Yeah, I'm with you. I Right now, I go with the Blue Jays. I haven't liked the way the Blue Jays are playing, but, you know, I worry that the Angels have a pretty tough schedule coming up. You know, they got the Mariners. They're playing Atlanta right now. They still got the Astros in Texas later this month. Um, you know, next month, they got the O's. They got Seattle again. I think they go to Tampa as well. And they get Texas one more time at home. So I think with the schedule, it's going to be tough. Yeah, I like their odds better than the Yankees and Red Sox right now. And the Mariners have one of the easier schedules as well these last two months as well. So the Mariners might be able to take advantage of that, sneak in there. Um, so, yeah, right now I'd probably put Toronto there. But, you know, them and Mariners um, would probably be my second choice. Good point with the Mariners. Good point with the Mariners. They, 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 they're, they're, they're playing. Even though they didn't do that much at the trade deadline, they're definitely yeah. playing well too. So yeah, so the Angels. So it's guy. It is, it is. It is nice to see the Angels. You know, going for this. It's nice. I and listen. Honestly, with looking like the Yankees wouldn't make the playoffs, I'd really like to see the Angels make a deep run with Trout and Otani. Yeah, absolutely. I think it'd be great for baseball because again, especially the year Otani's had. You know, I think it gets people maybe aren't you know big baseball fans to tune into a big game five and and LDS or um, the ALCS they could get there like a game six, game seven. You know, I think it'll bring a lot of a lot of tense to the sport, which again, we both know. I know the rain's been a little bit better this year, but again, you still love that as a sport. Those two can get in because those are two of the best players in the sport and be great, great for that. Oh, I, oh absolutely. A- absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. They de- that would definitely be nice if the Angels made a run. Now we are going to go to our winners and losers of the trade deadline. We'll start with our winners. And I, and I, and I got three, I got three winners. First, obviously, the, the, uh, the Texas Rangers going out and getting Montgomery and Max Scherzer. Second, the, the Houston Astros with getting uh, obviously getting Verlander and getting Kendall Graveman, and then third, the Angels going out and getting Giolito, going out and getting you know getting CJ Crow, getting a couple bats, getting Giolito, getting some more pitching, and not trading Otani. So all my three winners are in the uh, are in the AL or the AL West, the uh, the the Angels, the Rangers, and the Astros. Yeah, I got two of the three. Uh, you know, I, I also had the Rangers. Yeah, Montgomery. You know, Max Scherzer. 
um, you know, big pickups there. You know, I like Austin Hedges too as a catch, you know, depth at the catching position. Um, he's one of the better defensive ones out there as well. Yeah, and then my other two, or then I also had Houston. Yeah, just going out getting Verlander, getting an ace, getting another starter, which I think they needed. They've been kind of Hunter Brown and uh, JP France have been bad, but again, you might obviously much rather have Justin Verlander at a big spot. Then my third one, I went with the Miami Marlins. I thought they upgraded the good bats, one, good one corner corner positions there with Jake Berger. I know he doesn't hit for average, but again, I think they got enough average hitters in there. And then I also like bringing in Josh Bell. I know he's had a down year, but he can provide some pop in the middle of that lineup. And then bringing in David Robertson as well. Um, I like what the Marlins are doing. They usually don't go out and go and try to be competitive. Usually, you know, especially with the way they put out the all-star break, you know, I fear maybe they'd start selling off pieces, but um, I, I'm, you know, glad to see the Mariners go out there and try to try to compete and try to get one of those wildcard spots. Oh yeah, you mean the Marlins? Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah, Marlins. Yeah. That, that's it. That, that, that's a, that, that's really the Marlins did a really good job at the deadline. Now going to our losers, and I think the losers are pretty obvious. I think they're all actually all in the AL East. My first one is the Baltimore Orioles. I don't think the Orioles did a great job improving the rotation. I know they got Jack Flaherty, but he's not had that good of a year this year. They didn't get Dylan Cease. I think that was the guy the Orioles wanted. They didn't get him, so they really didn't improve that rotation that much. So I, 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 I that's my first loser. And then my other two are pretty obvious. The Yankees and the Red Sox. The Yankees did nothing, nothing to improve this team. Absolutely nothing to improve to improve this team. Uh, so uh, yeah, yeah, they're, 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 Brian Cashman should be in a lot of trouble. He thinks this team they, he can win it with this team, which he's crazy. So the Yankees did nothing. And also another one of my losers is the Boston Red Sox. The Red Sox failed to, which like I, like you've been saying for weeks, this team needed to make a move at the trade deadline, and they failed to do so. They needed to get a starting pitcher. The way this team is constructed right now, it is not good. It's not a playoff team. This is a team that's going to miss the playoffs, in my opinion, because it's not constructed as a playoff team or good offensively. They got a pretty good bullpen. Their rotation is not good enough to be. All right, they may sneak in the playoffs, but they are not good enough to be a championship team. High and Bloom failed to get a starting pitcher, and if they don't make the playoffs, he needs to be fired. Yeah, yeah, it's what we've been saying all year. And yeah, I was surprised they have more urgency. Um, you know, my three, yeah, number one, number one for me was the Baltimore Orioles. I know Jack Flaherty, he hasn't been great. I know he had a really good start in the postseason a couple years ago, but again, I don't, I don't, I don't, I am not a big fan of that being your number one going to do a postseason. Again, they would, they could have had a package for Justin Verlander. I don't know if Verlander would have vetoed that trade, <laughs> but again, I think they should have gone for Justin Verlander or Dylan Cease. I, you, you know. Those two to be the top of your rotation to go in October, I would have felt a lot better about Baltimore. Um, I thought they were a big loser there. It's unfortunate too with the way that team's played. My second one's the Cincinnati Reds. I know they've been an overachiever this year. I know they're gonna get Hunter Green and Nick uh, Lodato back very soon. But like this is the Reds' chance. Like outside of the Braves this year, it's wide open the National League. Your division's down. You know, I know the Cubs are starting to play better than the Brewers, but like you had it. This is like Cincinnati had a chance this year, you know, to maybe make a run at this thing. And all they did was, you know, bring in Sam uh, Malo and, you know, it's a lefty reliever. It's not great. I was disappointed that the Reds did not make, you know, try to go out there and get a starter. Um, I was disappointed by that. Yeah. My third one, you know, I can either go with the Yankees or Red Sox. You know, they, they you know, I'll go. Both of them did a horrible job to trade the line. They, well, I know we'll get to both of them in a minute. It was just, you know, both those organizations, it just um, it was a total failure at the trade deadline, and um, disappointing that both those two teams. That again, I know they have 
you know, I know the Red Sox have played really well, and I know the Yankees have been struggling, but they're both, you know, Red Sox are a game and a half out, and the Yankees are only three and a half out still. So you would think those two franchises would have made more moves to try to, um, you know, make a push here, but no. Nah. So, yeah, it was a very disappointing trade deadline for, for those two teams as well. Absolutely, absolutely. We'll get to the Yankees in. What a disgrace. What an absolute disgrace. This team really proved how proved that they are not a playoff team. They lost two out of three to Bill. They split with the Mets. They got crushed in one of those games. Lost two out of three to Baltimore. And then this, I mean, the, the game on Sunday night was terrible. Severino needs to be out of the rotation. He's awful. He's terrible. This this offense has just been anemic, even with Judge back. I don't think that one good game where they had eight runs on Saturday, but even with Judge back, uh, this this offense is just awful. Stanton strikes out at the end of the game last night. Rizzo, I know, you know, Joe's going to defend him because the guy's playing hurt, but he hasn't been hitting. LeMayu hasn't been hitting. It's just it's just all around. This offense all around has just been absolutely terrible. Uh, and this team right now at 55 and 52, three and a half games out of a wild card spot. And I, I don't see this team making the playoffs, and I see this team season being over by the middle of August. Yeah, I'm with you. I just, again, there's no direction. And, I, and you know, I just, again, Cashman's like, we're obviously going all in. It's, you know, or we're all in right now. It's like, you did not show us that. No. You know, like, you know. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely not. That's you know, your best yeah. move. That is your best yeah. move. That is sad. That is sad. Yeah. And Spencer Howard, who was once a top prospect, but has had control issues and injuries, and in his 38 games at the major league level, he's got a over 70 RI. So that that that's that's gonna be helpful in in a big spot if we need him. So yeah, it's very disappointing. Um, and yeah, with Judge even back in the lineup, why would you even pitch the Judge right now? Exactly. I just I, was, I just intentionally walk him every time. I was at the game I'm on like, Friday night. I was at the game on Friday, yeah. and they walked him three yeah. times. Smart move. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Again, you're dumb if you don't if you don't walk him. You know, it just it, with Rizzo behind him, the way he's hitting, you're not scared. Stan's not, you know, Stan will will find one once in a while hit a home run, and you know, towards them mostly in front of him. But like other than that, just there's just no direction with the team. Like either sell or go for it. They didn't do they didn't do anything. So yeah, it's it's embarrassing. This team is just it's it's absolutely pathetic right now, and um. You know, they're again. I just what they struck out 18 times on Sunday, and Boone's like, you know, I thought we had oh, some that, really good that at bats. Was, that oh, was, really good at bats. You struck out 18, 18. times. 18 yeah. times had really good at bats. Give me a That's why he needs to go. Him and Cashman got to be gone, especially Boone. How are you making excuses if your team strikes out 18 times? No, because you can't criticize your players for whatever reason. I. Just, that's that's the way the sport is, and it's yeah, it's again. I, this this is a point in time where your team needs a nice little wake up call about you know. Again, they say sense of urgency, but I don't see it. I just I don't see, I don't see this thing changing right now. Um, it's just now with the abs coming up this weekend. I oh just, man, you know the reason you gotta, why. I, yeah, you got yeah, you got they got to play. What are you gonna say? Um. Yeah, I was gonna say, like, you know, you're gonna have to face Verlander again on Friday night. Like, oh, you're not gonna touch oh. him. You yeah. got McLennan going tonight, which, you know, he's putting himself back in that area. I know you got Cole, but like, you you got to win the game one nothing or two one. They go down one not two one two nothing, they're done. You know, like, they ain't coming back. It's not. Yep, yep. And and the reason why I think this season is probably gonna be over by the middle of August is look at their schedule. They got the uh, they got. Uh, after this, they got the Astros for four at the stadium this week, and they got a break playing the White Sox. But then they got to they got to go to go to go to Miami, go down to Miami. Then they got to play Atlanta. 
and then they play the Red Sox. I don't know if they could beat they might be able to beat the Red Sox, but there's a very good chance, even after that Atlanta series, they're gonna be like five and a half, six games out of the wild card, being in like sixth or seventh wild card spot. It's pretty much over at that point. Yeah. No, it absolutely is. You know, I'm like, I don't see them being Atlanta right now. That the way the Braves are playing, Miami's gonna be with Miami's pitching staff. Sandy Alcantara's had two really good back-to-back starts. Like he's starting to get it to go, get it going. I, you know, you already lost two out of three to White Sox this year. You really can go up there and beat them. Like I just, I have zero confidence in this team, and it's the same thing every night. And just the post game, the at bats, it's just you know, again in Monday, what the heck was going on Monday night? Like, I know. I, okay, so with, I gave her mom five o'clock. Yeah, yeah. yeah. we said you yeah. know. He gets scratched from the start. And then he, to get ready. Yeah. Takes he, gets, so he gets scratched from the start, and then he comes out of the bullpen. I don't get yeah. that at all. I, you know, it Boone was like, well, he didn't start throwing at the mound at 5 o'clock, and he felt good. But it's like, oh, it, my. I'm like, pitchers warm up for 20 minutes. He could have gone out there at 640 and been fine. I, just, who, I don't who honestly thought? Who honestly thought uh, firing Girardi and hiring this guy was a good idea? The whole Yankee terrible. analytical department. Yeah, yeah, you know, terrible, cause, terrible. Because we're too hard on Gary. And look, again, Gary's had some nice at-bats this year in San Diego. But, like, G- Gary's offense is <coughs> – defensively, he's been very good. Offensively, yeah, you know, like that – yelling at Gary was not the problem. I just – I saw a video, too, yesterday from – it was <coughs> Yan- it was on Twitter. It's, like, from Yankee Source. They were talking to, like, their head, like – this had to be from, like, 2018, 2019. It was talking to, like, the head of, like, analytical scouting or whatever – the four guys that were highlighted in that. Oh, you're going to love this. Yeah. Tyler Wade, oh. Chance Adams, Austin Romine, and Anthony Ziegler, oh who was their first God. round pick in 2018, is still in double A right now with a career batting average in, in the minors with 213, <laughs> 13 home runs, 100 RBIs. And uh, oh, man. his slugging is like 323. Oh, that's, your, that, that's what they were. That They were trying to like brag about those four you know, four about like those futures um, shows a lot after watching. It was like a 45 second clip that shows a lot yeah, about exactly. this analytical staff and all that. It just it makes yeah, no sense. Completely at all. Embarrassing. No sense. Yeah. yeah. It's, yeah, it's embarrassing. And this team looks like they are definitely missing the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah, they are. And again, it, again, I, and they are, my worry is too, I'm at the point where I think LeMay and Rizzo are cooked. Like, Romeo hasn't been right in over a year. I I I, th- I think Lemayu's cooked. I think I'll give Rizzo another year, but I think Lemayu's cooked. But you could be very you could very easily be right about Rizzo too. I like Michael K was in the other day. Like people inside the Yankees organization say he's he's healthy. Like it's not the neck bothering him. Like he's completely healthy right now. Really? Wow. That's my. Wow. That's wow. And you know, just, so 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 Joe's excuse is wrong. Yeah, I thought it was the injury too there, but like I heard K say that the other day, and it's like if he's healthy, the Yankees are telling him that. Like in you know behind closed doors and all that, like he's healthy. I you know you go back to his numbers since like May. Like Gallo's put up better, had had better numbers like last year. Think he's in like Rizzo has of late. It's not good. And Stan can't run, and you got three more years left of him. I just again I don't know how you're gonna get rid of those three, but yeah. you're stuck with them. You're stuck. Yep. Yep. It's, yep. yep. They built this so wrong, and they doubled down. And Cashman again. Cashman for over years like we're gonna get a left fielder. And over a year, Cash, you still nope, don't have a left Exactly, there. exactly, exactly, exactly. Absolutely pathetic, absolutely pathetic. Yeah. And this team is just going nowhere. At this point, this team is going nowhere. But we're going to move on to the Red Sox. Now, the Red Sox are in better shape, but also but also with them, 
another major disappointment at the trade deadline. They did not improve this team. High and Plume did not improve this team. They were saying, they're saying, and some people are saying like, oh, Corey Kluber and Chris Sale are going to be, uh, they're going to be reinforcements. Reinforcements. Chris Sale can't stay healthy, and Corey and Corey Kluber is terrible. So this team did not improve. And yes, they have a better chance to make the playoffs than the Yankees. Absolutely, they're only a game and a half behind the Blue Jays, and they've and they've beaten the Blue Jays I think, every single time they played them this year. So they definitely have a better chance to make the playoffs. But Ty and Bloom blew a humongous opportunity not going out and getting a Scherzer, getting a Verlander, getting a uh, Jordan Montgomery, getting a Lucas Giolito. He blew a huge chance for this team to be a championship contender by not getting a starting pitcher. Yeah, absolutely. You know, Devers even said on Sunday, like, you know, everybody knows we need a pitcher the deadline. Like, you know, Devers went out and said it too. And again, it's it's completely obvious, you know, like it, it's it's staying the obvious what they need a pitcher. And yeah, I'm surprised that. And I know some of the GMs were like, yeah, well, the prices was too high. Again, I go back to Savali trade to, um, you know, to Tampa Bay from Cleveland, Tampa Bay. Tampa gave up a first baseman who I know Cleveland might call him up in September. I know we've seen Bobby Dahl back, and he struggled at times being at the major league level, but he's got 25 home runs this year at the at, you know in AAA. He's batting like 300. Why don't you try to package him, you know, maybe yeah. somebody else for like an Aaron Savali? I, I, mean, I, I, you know, here's the thing with the Red Sox. I'm tired of hearing about the price is too high. The price is too high. I've been hearing you've been hearing that for four years from them ever since time Bloom's taking over. The price is too high. The price is too high. Stop it. Stop it. Go out and make your team a championship contender. Because what you did, you did these last couple of days doing nothing. You're making this team a, t- a team that might sneak into the playoffs. They will not make it to the division series if if they sneak into the playoffs. No, I'm with you. They they won't. They don't have the pitching. And yes, they'll uh, believe starting. You know, was he? I think he was in Worcester last week. Uh, or or no, he he's making his first rehab start today. I think today actually. Um, he's going tonight. So maybe a week, maybe ten days. But like, yeah, like. His last two starts before he got injured, he threw 111 pitches, 98. Like they pushed him to the limit. I can't like I don't know how many pitches you're gonna get out of him. Like you probably can't go more like 70, 75. And Kluber's been struggling. Maybe they get story back this weekend, but Cora said it's not a guarantee. He didn't set any setbacks, but they said they're just gonna give him as much time as you know with the rehab appearances. But like, yeah, like again, the 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 starting, you know, like you're having to piece piece together these bullpen games, and they just don't work. It just it's tough to rely on that on bullpen on bullpen days. I know their offense could keep them in games and win them some and outslug the other opponents, but yeah, like again, it you know why don't you try to back bring back an Erod or you know again? I know we kind of I discussed Jack um, Flaherty. He's not great, but like it's a body, it's a starting pitcher that could give you four or five yeah. or five innings. Yeah. Yeah, so, no, exactly. Yeah, I, I'm disappointed that, yeah, you know, like it, it should be disappointing Red Sox fans that they didn't go out and go get anybody because, uh, look, you know, take advantage of when the Yankees are down right now and everybody had you guys, you know, picked last place before the year and, you know, that they're going to be like a 70, 75 win team, you know, take advantage of trying to get back to the playoffs, you know, go get out, go out and get somebody. There was options out there and it's, yeah, you know, I think you're a Red Sox fan. You got to be disappointed. I'm, I'm surprised there wasn't more urgency. And I know I know him as, like, the baseball ops guy isn't worried about his job being on the line. Like, I know they don't think about that. But, like, there's got to be a little sense of, like, if we don't make the playoffs, it's, you know, going to be another down year. You're in Boston. Like, you know, you would think you would try to push to get to the playoffs. But I just – I don't know. 
Absolutely. And then the thing is, yeah, it'd be another down, be another down year. And and the thing is, is they could have done something. If they don't make the playoffs, that the thing's gonna be is they could have done something to make this team better, and they did it. And that's been the really, really big problem with this team for the last four years. They've had they've done nothing at the tree. Did all they all they really have done to make a team better in the middle of the season is getting Kyle Schwarber two years ago. That's it. Yeah. Yeah, and that was the guy they didn't even want to resign afterwards. And at that time, you really needed a first baseman. I know Casas has really fixed that problem. He's been unbelievable of late, but he could have used Schwarber as a first baseman last year. So, yeah, you know, Schwarber was, was great and really helped out that lineup. But, yeah, yeah that, that was the only really big move that he's made um, you got the deadline. So, yeah, you know, again, like, I know they're, they're thinking about maybe trading Verdugo. I bet there was teams interested that you could have got a starter for an Alex Verdugo. You know, I, I know he's been in a cold streak of late, but, like, first half of the year – you know, he was a guy that was playing at like an all-star level caliber. So I, I you know, I, I was, yeah, very surprised Boston just did not, yeah, Hind decided to kind of stay put and hopefully ride this thing out because the month of July, well, I think they had one of the best records of all baseball. Like they were yeah. playing really, really they well. They were playing so. really well. They beat the Braves in a, I know they had struggled lately on yeah. their road trip, but they had beaten the Braves in a series. So you're thinking, okay, if this team could maybe get a starter or make a move at the trade deadline, they could be, they could be a contender. But they did nothing. They did nothing. This no. is not a roster that could have done that could do. This is not a team that could do nothing at the trade deadline and win a championship. So if they mm-hmm. don't make it, de- they, they don't make the playoffs. This is completely on high and bloom, and he should not be a gen. And he should not be the general manager anymore. Yeah, I completely agree. I, I again, I think you know, I'll be interesting to see what that ownership says if they think the same. But again, yeah, I bet there will be a lot of pressure on Red Sox fans to move him, get him out of town because yeah, another year. Again, they're probably not going to finish in last now, but another kind of fourth place finish. I know you got a nice young core now, but hey, maybe it's it's time. I think you know next year's, you know, even this year, yeah, they can make the playoffs. But like next year, this young core, you know, they could take the next step. And yeah, maybe Heim Bloom is not it does not seem like to be that guy that is kind of ready to make that big move here to help them get help the team get to that next uh, get the, get back to that next step that Boston should be at. You know, being a being a contender in the American league. Exactly. 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 So we'll see what happens with the Red Sox going forward in the second half of the season. But Jonathan Taylor, he wants out in uh, Indianapolis. But before we talk about that, we're going to hear from our friends at, uh, we're going to hear from our friends at uh, JPEG financial and Shamrock home inspections. Do you have a 401k and some savings for future retirement? but don't even know if it's enough to live off of? How much is enough? How often are you thinking about it? The team at JPEX Financial Group can help set your mind at ease. We specialize in creating strategies in the planning and managing of your financial, educational, and investment needs. We help clients pursue their investment goals with sound financial strategies. You deserve a personal, tailored plan. Lasting, meaningful, and open relationships are the foundation of our practice. You've worked hard for your money and should feel confident in your investment choices as you make decisions for your financial future. Your goals are our goals. We are dedicated to your needs and hopes for your future. Visit our website and give us a call at 860-430-5397. 
Securities offered through Raymond James Financial Services, Inc., member FINRA, SIPC. Investment advisory services offered through Raymond James Financial Services Advisors, Inc. JPEX Financial Group, LLC is not a registered broker-dealer and is independent of Raymond James Financial Services. JPEX Financial Group is located at 78 Eastern Boulevard, Glastonbury, Connecticut. There's no bigger investment than home ownership. And to make sure the house is up to your standards, you need a professional to look it over. There's no bigger invest There's no bigger investment than home ownership. And to make sure the house is up to your standards, you need a professional to look it over. Brian Flanagan from Shamrock Home Inspections is a licensed home inspector and a member of the Connecticut Association of Home Inspectors. Brian was a contractor for over 15 years, so he knows how homes should be constructed and how mechanicals should work. What makes me a good home inspector was the 20 years that I was a home improvement person doing all the different repairs that I have done and what other people have done wrong that I had to go out and fix. So I have a pretty quick eye on seeing what's right and what's wrong. Before you move, call Shamrock Home Inspections. Before you make the biggest investment of your life, Call Brian Flanagan from Shamrock Home Inspections at 860-268-2566 or visit shamrockhomeinspectionct.com. All righty, so uh, Jonathan Taylor wants a trade out of Indianapolis. And uh, here's the thing about this is the big question is here is, is, is there a better chance that he's going to be traded or the or the Colts are going to come to uh, and uh, come up with a long-term deal for him and – it's a tricky one. It's a tricky one because we talked about running backs. You talked about you talked about Saquon Barkley with Joe last week, and the Giants not resigning him. But I do think with a young quarterback and with Ursay saying that he does not want to trade Jonathan Taylor, he's making it out of it. He doesn't want to trade Jonathan Taylor. I do think they're going to come to an agreement. I really, really do think they're going to come to an agreement with, with, with Taylor because they have a young quarterback like Anthony Richardson. How are we going to make your team better? Now, I don't know if they're going to. Oh, they're, I don't think Taylor's going to. They're going to reset the market on this deal. It might be twelve or thirteen million, but I do think they're going to come come uh, come to an agreement because how do you set Anthony Anthony Richardson up for success without Jonathan Taylor? Yeah, I I don't know who plays. I don't know if he resigns with um or that he comes to terms of the long term deal with uh, Indy. I just think with the comments that Jim Irsay said. About you know how like, yeah, that was crazy. That was a little crazy there. Yeah. Now I do now I think he's right in a but like I would never say that out loud. Like I like for what he said, like that's something you you keep you know inside there and um look, you know, and I I, I just think that sends the wrong message to Jonathan Taylor. I can't imagine he was happy about those comments. So I just again Will it happen? Like, I, I could still see, but maybe they kind of, um, you know, they they work through it and they they do find it come up with a deal. But like after after those comments from Jim Irsay on Saturday Saturday night, I don't. If I'm Jonathan Hill, I don't know why I wouldn't want to play for that guy. For that guy, I don't know why I would want to play for that owner. I just I don't. So it'll be interesting. He's one of the best backs out there. But yeah, I don't think they'll. I don't think he'll reset the market if they find a way to um resign or sign a long term deal here. But I. I I don't know if he'll if he'll resign. I don't know. If, I don't know if Taylor after that's uh, too too interested in resigning with Indianapolis. Yeah, yeah. I I, I don't I don't think so. I, I, I yeah yeah no no. I I think, just think it's gonna happen. That was my bad there. But I think it's gonna happen because it's just uh, I know the comments are not great, but I just think that eventually uh, that they're gonna work it out. They're just not gonna trade him. 
the, the, the Colts have the leverage. They don't, they don't, they have the, uh, they, they, they have the leverage and I don't think they're going to trade him. I, I really don't. I, I don't, because there's a says he won't trade him. And I think eventually, and somehow they're going to, they're going to come to an agreement. They're, they're gonna, I know he's a, he's a free agent after next year, but I think they're going to eventually come to an agreement. Yeah, I could, I could definitely see it that yeah, there's a chance that, yeah, especially, yeah, if, you know, if first say it's true to his word and they don't want to trade him and, you know, and, and Taylor's kind of stuck with nothing left and no leverage, yeah, I kind of see a Le'Veon situation or Saquon situation where, yeah, he kind of just has to sign that franchise tag and just kind of play for, and, you know, because again, I just, maybe he does hold out, but again, that would be the worst decision for his career. So, you know, I would hope there'd be people advising him, like, it wouldn't be the best idea here to, to sit out. We'll have to wait and see if it gets to that point. But yeah, I, again, if he, he is true to his word and they're saying, uh, yeah, they, I see him at least playing for the franchise tag and maybe they do end up working something out in the future. Um, but right now I kind of feel like, you know, it could really go either way right now. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> well, no, no, absolutely. It definitely can. I mean, and you can see it going both ways. You could see the fact that Taylor wants out and he, he, <coughs> he doesn't want to play for the franchise tag and he ends up, uh, he ends up, and he ends up and training. So you can see, yeah, you definitely can see it going both ways. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, and yeah, with Anthony Richardson, um, you know, it'd be great to kind of have Jonathan Taylor in that backfield. And again, you know, the Jaguars right now are the front row to win that division, of course. But you know, that that division's kind of you know second place is kind of up for grabs in that division, and you know, Houston's kind of in the middle of a rebuild as well. So yeah, you know, you would like to have Jonathan Taylor in the future, you know, in the backfield, and hopefully. Anthony Richardson becomes the guy that they hope he, you know, can become with the number four pick that they took him. But, you know, we'll have to wait and see for that. Oh, absolutely. 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 So on Saturday, we have the uh, Pro Football Hall of Fame class. And uh, we have a we have a lot of guys that we saw going in. I mean, we got Joe Thomas. We got Darrell Revis. Big, big, big day for Jet fans with Joe Klecko and Darrell Revis going in. Big, big, big day for Jet fans. With those guys going in, but you got you know Rondé Barber, uh, Joe Klecko, Darrell Revis, Joe Tom, Zach Thomas, and Demarcus Ware, and Joe Thomas. And I'll talk about my memories of pretty much all these guys. I mean, Rondé Barber on that defense with the Warren Sapp, with uh, with, with with Warren Sapp, uh, John Lynch, uh, uh, Simeon Rice, Derek Brooks on that great Bucks defense that won a Super Bowl in uh, two thousand two. Uh, he was one of the best corners in the game in his prime, so well deserved for him. Brother of Tiki Barber, uh, big weekend for Jet fans. Joke with Darrell, uh, see Darrell Revis, and he was one of the top corners in the game from a 2009 to 2011. He was one of the top corners in the entire sport in those years. So he he was really really good for them. He was one of the top corners in the game for that Jets team. He was he was outstanding for them. And then Joe Klecko, part of that New York sack exchange with him and uh, Mark Gastineau. So. Huge weekend for Jet fans, and they play in the Hall of Fame game too. Yeah, the big weekend. You know, I don't know. You know, you won't see Aaron Rodgers playing this weekend, uh, of course. You know, in that game, um, you know, we'll see if Dak Wills got better. But yeah, big, huge weekend there for for the Jets getting two inductees in there. You know, Browns are the other team, and Joe Thomas, one of the best. You know, um, offensive <laughs> linemen the last. You know, um, the last like handful of years was a huge part of those. I know the Browns with him really struggled up to the end. But, <laughs> The guy never missed a start, never complained. And, uh, you know, so, yeah, big, big weekend for the Jets. And, yeah, you know, everything's everything's been turning since March and April for, for the Jets. And, you know, it's been uh, 
you know, I know I know a lot of New York fans, especially a lot of Jet fans that are Yankees or Met fans are looking to turn the corner and hoping that the Jets play better than either of those two baseball teams. Oh, absolutely. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. They are definitely, definitely looking forward to those to, to, to football season. Those those two fan bases. Absolutely. With, with the Giants, with Brian Dable going into year two and the Jets there and Rodgers. And you get a weekend like this for the Jets, you know, mm. you know, the Hall of Fame game and then the two of their best players going to the Hall of Fame. Just a great weekend for Jet fans. But moving on to the other Hall of Famers, you got Joe Thomas, also the Browns, the other team that the, that the Jets play in the Hall of Fame. We've got Joe Thomas. Joe Thomas was a guy on a terrible Browns team that was an elite player. He was one of the best left tackles in football for almost a decade. He was an elite player on a terrible, terrible Cleveland Browns team. Terrible Browns team, but one of the best. One of the best left tackles in the sport, Joe Thomas was. He was he was outstanding for them. And then you got uh, Zach Thomas. We all remember Zach Thomas. You probably remember him a lot. Because he, he played he played against the LA games because the Patriots, him and Jason Taylor. I mean, that was a that was a really good defense in Miami. I mean, the problem with that team is they didn't have a quarterback, but that was a really good defense with him, with him and with, with, with Zach Taylor and, J, and Jason with Zach, Zach Thomas and Jason Taylor. And let me tell you something. This is long, this is well, this is long overdue for Zach Thomas. He should have been a lot earlier than this. He was right up there with Brian Urlacher. one of the best. One of, I don't know, I know Ray Lewis was the best of that generation. He was right up there with Brian Urlacher in terms of one of the best linebackers of that generation. And then lastly, and not least, DeMarcus Ware. And he was a really good player for the Dallas Cowboys. I, I saw a lot of games with DeMarcus Ware when I came up against the Giants. A lot of times, he was an elite player for the Dallas Cowboys. And in his second year of eligibility, he gets into the Hall of Fame. Yeah, you know, uh, yeah, Ware, one of the best pass rushers. You know, um, first round pick coming out of Troy. And yeah, led, led, led the league in sacks twice during his career. Um, you know, huge part of those Cowboys teams that, you know, we're always in the playoffs, but, you know, you know, just drove to get over the hump there. And, yeah, Zach Thomas, again, kind of a guy that came in with a chip on his shoulder being a fifth-round pick and, you know, ends up becoming rookie, you know, the rookie defensive player of the year. And then, you know, won a couple MVPs, you know, with the Dolphins. So, um, yeah, he, you know, Zach Thomas, you know, and, and Sean Taylor, the edges there. And, yeah, Miami had some really good defenses. They just could not find the offense to uh, be able to kind of be able to compete at at a level um, in the AFC, but yeah, two of those, both those guys, um, you know, two really good uh, defensive players in the last, you know, handful of years during, during the times. Absolutely. Probably two of the best, two, two of the best of that era with Zach Thomas and DeMarcus Ware. And guess who's presenting DeMarcus Ware into the Hall of Fame? Tony Romo? Jerry Romo? Jones. Jerry oh, Jones. Jerry Jones. Okay. Yeah, ben, yeah, he'll, he'll, of course. He'll be, he'll be presenting DeMarcus Ware into the Hall of Fame on Saturday. Got the enshrinement on Saturday. Got the, uh, the Hall of Fame on Thursday night, and that's the start of football. That's it's a great weekend because it is the start of football. It's the, the beginning. You got the preseason starting the next couple of weeks, so we got the start of football. The first preseason game is tomorrow between the Jets and the Browns. So you'll see a lot of Jets fans there in Canton this week. It's their weekend. I mean, mm. with Rivas and Kleko and uh, the team with Aaron Rodgers, so it's their weekend at the Hall of yeah. Fame. Mm -hmm. But we're going to wrap the show talking about Colorado and Deion Sanders and their move to the Big Twelve. And the big question here is. is is going back to the Big Twelve is that a good move for for Deion Sanders and Colorado? I think it, I think it will eventually will be. I think it eventually will be because I think he'll get better recruits because of it. Yeah, you know, as you mentioned, recruits Texas. You know that that's where Colorado always kind of been. You know, they, the reason they went to the Pac twelve was they wanted California. They wanted to go out and go get California kids. They even wanted to do it nine for an athlete to try to find athletes. It was like, even to just try to find kids that just wanted to academically wanted to go to Colorado. They wanted to kind of reach into that, you know, spot. And 
you know, they lost money from going to Big 12 or from leaving the Big 12 to go to Pac-12. They lost money from it. You know, the Pac-12 right now is it sounds like they're going to get a deal with Apple TV. And again, the Pac-12 the Pac is might fall apart very soon because. Uh, but, yeah, I think for Colorado, I think this work. I think this fits. It's not the old Big 12, you know, like it, it stinks. There's going to be no Colorado, Nebraska, no Colorado, Missouri. Like, you know, those are two of their bigger rivals there. So it's not the same old Big 12 that they're used to, but it is going back to a spot where they are a little bit familiar with. Um, and yeah, for Dion and that squad, you know, he's lived, you know, you know, since after his football life, he's been living in Texas. So, you know, he's got some relationships there down there. And, and again, I bet he did have a little bit of a say in this, but for Colorado, it makes sense. It's the Pac-12 right now. It's just, it's just, it total disarray. And again, any, any day now, I think Arizona, Arizona State will also be leaving the Pac-12 to go, go to the Big 12. And I, that's going to be a package deal. So. For Colorado, it's smart. There's no TV contract coming well, at the moment for the Pac-12. They'll get, I think, $31 million about a year. So that's going to be more. That's probably going to be $10 million more than you're going to get from the Pac-12. Somewhere right around there, I, I, I'm guessing. So, yeah, for Colorado, I think it makes sense. And, uh, you know, hopefully for football-wise, they can kind of get back at, you know, with Dion, that they can get back to the, the top of the pack in that conference because it's going to be open without Texas or in um, – about Texas Oklahoma, it kind of there'll, there'll be spots there for for the taking, and we'll see if Dion in a couple of years can kind of um, be able to to uh, get them back on top. Absolutely, absolutely. And the big question is too is is will there be a Pac-12 in the next decade? Seeing the way things are going, seeing the way USC's leaving, seeing the way UCLA's leaving, now Dion's leaving. Will there be a Pac-12 ten years from now? There might be. Again, it might be filled because it sounds like I've already seen teams that are kind of requesting to enter the Pac-12 or like Tulane, Memphis, Rice. That's SMU. the Pac-12. Tulane, Memphis, and Rice. That's All these AAC yeah. teams. Why have yep. conferences? We have all these teams from all over the place joining these random yeah. conferences. Yeah. I know it makes no sense. That's what I hate about conference realignment. I, I totally hate it, and it should be – the realignment always should be for like football only. Like they – you know, it, it – I, I can't stand it, but look, if there is a Pac-12, it's going to be filled, you know. Again, maybe Boise's in there, Fresno, San Diego State, but again, it's probably not going to be considered a big-time conference anymore. I know it, people already joke that's not. Football-wise this year, you know, the top five teams at conference, they're going to be very competitive. That's going to be a fun league this year with all those quarterbacks that they got coming back, but, you know, after that, obviously with USC, UCLA, and now Colorado leaving, it's, you know, it, it's going to take a hit big time and Again, like you look at Oregon State and Washington State, those two, they don't have big fan bases. Washington State's going to have their first Power 5 non-conference home game in 25 years. Like that's just, you know, like those two teams fit more in the Mountain West, I feel like, than the Pac-12. And, you know, like it'll be interesting what Oregon and Washington do. You know, like those two kind of big brands, especially Oregon. But, yeah, I, I again, there, there might – I'm still on the fence, but if there is a Pac-12 still in the next 10 years or so, it's gonna it's gonna be like a Mountain West type thing, or just you know they're gonna have to change from the Pac-12 because if Memphis really gets in there, which I don't know if they will, Memphis is nowhere close to being in the Pacific. So, but none of these conferences change. So, you know it'll, it'll be definitely new look, and it'll be interesting to see how it pans out. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's definitely a mess for the Pac-12. Yeah, I mean it. Yeah, if, if there is, yeah, you're right. It's gonna be like the Mountain West. It's just. 
it's it, it's not it's it's not going to be good. It's not going to be uh, good at all. It's just it's it's just with all this realignment. It's, it's it's been great. It's been crazy. But teams are going where the TV money is, and 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 that that's what's happening. That's just the reality of college sports. You know, we do see Colorado back in the Big Twelve, but it's nice. But the reality the reality is is the the pack the uh, Pac twelve is uh is, is looking like it's going to fall apart. So where do you think you know what do you think is you know Arizona and Arizona State are going to leave? What do you think is next for Oregon and Washington? Is there anything? Do you know what they're? Do you have any idea what they're going to do? Do you know what they're going to do or? That's you know I've been so part of me think so. Florida State and Clemson are really trying to get out of this grants of rights with their lawyers. They're trying to figure out any way they can. If they somehow do, I think North Carolina and Duke heads the Big Ten. If they can't, oh if wow. the ACC can't break up, then I, I think maybe the Big Ten tries to get Oregon, Washington. Like, if there's a point where you have seen UCLA go, look, we want a couple other West Coast teams, and I think those two are up. Again, for you know, because I don't know if the Big Twelve is going to take. So Arizona, Arizona State also go. It'll be up to fifteen, I believe. I think Utah would be sixteen. I don't know if they'll go any higher than sixteen. But if they want to go to eighteen, I would say the next two targets are probably Oregon and Washington. But I don't know if that's likely. Like Oregon and Washington are limbo. And the thing for Oregon is Phil Knight's eighty-five. He throws a lot of money in that program. I don't know. I don't even, you know, like I don't know if his kids are would financially put, um, put as much money, donate as much money as Phil Knight does to the Oregon Athletics, and that could be a little bit of worry in the future because he is eighty five, you know. So for Oregon and Washington, it's a little, they're in limbo right now, and I don't really know. Like, they're they're it's a very it's limbo. I I could see maybe Big Ten, but I think that's a long shot. Maybe Big Twelve, but I don't know if they're going to want to go to eighteen. I, I I don't know. Yeah, yeah, we'll see what happens there. We'll see what happens there. But yeah, all this conversation realignment, it just continues in college sports. I know you don't like it, but it just continues in college sports. But that's going to wrap it up for Sports Talk with RJ this week. For Justin Alfredo, I'm Steve Rister. We'll be back next week talking about the Yankees and Red Sox and any NFL news that comes our way. Have a let me just get this. Have a great weekend, everyone. Jones had first down, wide open, it's Barkley. And Saquon Barkley will take it into the end zone. Your best ability is availability. Saquon Barkley, he's great when he's on the field, but the problem is since 2018, he hasn't been healthy for this team. Look at this, they lob it to me. Taps it in off the glass. How about that? Porter Moser, I think right now, is the best coach of college basketball, hands down. Finch, two for three, he's done his part. Pitch is drilled to deep right field toward the pole, and it is gone. They don't mind not being what they were in the 90s as the best organization in baseball, because the Yankees are not, they're even close to the best organization in baseball. They're trying to be the race, and the race do this for a reason. Like, you're the Yankees. My name is Joe McGuire. I'm the president of Clovercrest Media Group. And here at CMG, we have a wide variety of podcasts, including sports shows like Keys to the City, The Roll Call, Throwing Jabs, All Four Downs, and Jawing About the G-Men. And great true crime shows like Sticky Week, Crimes and Consequences, Ivy League Murders, and Bird, The Unsolved Murder of David Eichmann. You can find all these podcasts and so much more by visiting clovercrestmedia.com.